So after this, he gets a weapon cachet uh, in a Mercedes and ends up heading to Paris, where we have sort of like a penultimate showdown with a bunch of different operators. Uh, we get the the knife fight with the Korean, the knife slash umbrella fight with the Korean, where, where you know this is going to lead Court to potentially bleed out, and then like the convergence of like four more. What is it like the Sri Lankans and the Saudi Arabians and you know a couple of different countries operatives are, are coming in and like, like that was one of the scenes where I felt like Grainy was re- doing a really good job of exp- maybe because I've been to Paris I've been to Notre Dame I've, I've I've walked like that bridge so like as he's describing it I could see it in my head and I thought he did really whereas like some other places I felt like the a little bit of the setting was you know could have been fleshed out a little bit more but here he does a really good job of of putting us in Paris and, and in that place. Yeah, I'll agree with you. From the setting to the action, this was definitely one of the better written scenes in how it flowed. It was really good. I did ask myself through most of it, why the heck is he here? I I know he was originally meeting up with somebody in Paris that was connected, but I, I was just kind of lost on. We know he had to go to Budapest to get the passports. It was very early on. He was on the run. Whatever. We know he had to go to Switzerland because of the weapons cachet. He needed that. I get why he kind of had to go see Maurice, close business. Maurice does give him a gun, everything. But going this deep into Paris, after he already saw, I think he saw like 10 different watchers and had hoped none of them caught him. He's like, I know chances are one of them probably did, but it looks like they haven't so far. No one's reacting. I was just kind of confused. Sure. Why'd you have to go to Paris? Why'd you have to spend so much time in Paris? And why you were in such high trafficked areas downtown? Wouldn't you be in like a seedy outskirts kind of neighborhood? So I was a little confused by that. But I was glad the Korean assassin had an awesome payoff. I think that's exactly why. why because we've been getting these teases of this lone assassin right and yes greeny needed to sort of pay that off somehow and one of the things court does mention is okay every single one of my like why did i come here every single one of my stops have just been a failure so it's just it's sort of another you know stop that he has to take place you know we need this big action scene of these all these operatives sort of coming together but i i would agree with you i i think he could have easily just gone from you know taking his losses he now he has a gun he has a couple of different guns he has money he has a car you know let's make it to the chateau and i guess he goes there because he's trying to get help right he, he he's like i can't take on this place by myself which he ends but, up doing you know, anyway well yeah exactly so it, it it doesn't make sense it's another one of the plot holes but i don't know what you lose in the plot hole it it makes up in the in the action uh yeah. especially with with the Korean, so I don't know. I, I'll take it. I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it probably is the best hand-to-hand action scene, him fighting the Korean. And that pays off because the Korean has been hinted for a few chapters now, and that's been some really, really good build-up. So I wanted to see the two go mano mano with no one else around. It was just kind of them for a few minutes. And so that worked. That really worked. I I just didn't know why he was there, but I'll table that. Getting shot on and hobbling to the bridge on the Seine, were you getting kill shot vibes? 
Yes, yes, very much so. Especially because it's in Paris. It's in Paris, but Mitch is shot. He crawls out onto the bridge, jumps into the river. He was trying to patch up his bullet wound. I think he did it underneath or at the side of the bridge. He was trying to patch himself up. And here we have the gray man who's stabbed, already been shot in the leg earlier, jumping into the Seine. Yeah, I thought it was cool how I, I just saw a little nod to that. And then I thought it was really neat how he evaded capture by grabbing on by grabbing the, the boats of the boat, the ladder. Yeah, off the side of the yeah. boat. So he went that upstream cool. when they were focusing their search downstream. I thought that was really unique little bait and switch. Yeah, no, that w- that was really cool. I guess Fitzroy now gets one more phone call to him, gets him in touch with his nurse. Again, another like character that I didn't think needed to be there. I mean, I guess like he needs to be patched up somehow, so that had to be taken care of. And then we go to the the sort of the final action scene at the chateau, and I I don't want to say I was let down, but as I'm reading it, like the only reason why he's able to you know sort of save the day is because the Nigerian again puts a like says that. Anyone who kills him gets a twenty million dollar bonus. So this that now pits the other operatives against each other, and so right. they start and to take out anyone in their path, right? So even Lloyd and the Belarusians who are are guarding the chateau, like just take out everyone, get Gentry. Yeah. So like he actually doesn't do that much. I mean, he does some killing, but like most of the killing is being done by the other operatives, right? So it, yeah. I don't know. What What did you think of the final you know set piece? Yeah. I think it was just pure chaos, and it was kind of yeah, cool no, it was. to see what happens when you have so many hired guns with so many different motivations and nationalities basically turning on one another. Like, there's so many different incentives for different people. And I think, actually, I'm surprised you're, you're maybe kind of let down here because we've already had so much kick-ass action that I'm okay that this was the point of the book where I feel like things got more nuanced because I don't think it was much. more realistic, right? It, it was more realistic. Yeah. I guess I was expecting Gentry to come in and just kill everyone because of just the way this book was going. You're but probably right. in actuality, this is exactly how something like this would happen. You know, he would take advantage of, right? you know, the, the scene and see that, all right, everyone's converging on one place. It's disorder. It's chaos. They're taking out each other. And so, I'm going to use that to my advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's actually more realistic, and may, maybe that's why I was a little bit let down because we had already gone. You know, we just kept going up and up and up and up and up in terms of <laughs> ridiculousness. That I just wanted him to be a, in kind of a. Uh, I'll save it for our our movie pod, but like I, I wanted that you know one man wrecking ball coming Rambo. in, you know, he wanted Rambo. everything. Ra- yeah, I wanted Rambo, and you know we, we kind of got it, but we kind of got like, Rambo light, I guess. I've already had enough of that throughout the whole book. <laughs> I didn't want just another rehashing of that. We've had so much. True. But, true. But no, I actually mean nuance in a slightly different way. So sure, maybe a bit more realistic. But the nuance of the different characters here are, are and their motivations is shining. Where like, first off, Fitz can only get through to court because Claire steals the phone. She steals it from the Northern Irishman. And everyone knows that Fitzroy had worked in the UK and then that part of the world. And so he kind of plays off this Northern Irishman's allegiance to him, which is not true, but it would be believable by Lloyd. 
And then there's another guy, the Scott, who's like, look, if the gray man's coming and if he made it through all these teams already, I don't want a piece of this. I'm just a hired hand. And he ends up protecting Fitzroy and then protecting the gray men when he gets there and the girls. So I thought that was cool. And then there's a techie, right? There's a tech guy who's like, oh, hell no. Like the gray man's coming. Like there's no way. Like if he gets through, I'm toast. Even though I didn't do anything, I kind of just run a computer. So I just liked how for the first time I was getting into the mindsets and motivations of other characters beyond this surface level. We will destroy court gentry. We will kill the gray man. There was a little more nuance to who the characters were and what they were doing. And I think that I think that was refreshing after the whole first book that was the first three quarters of the book was bad guys kill gray man, gray man, good guy, kill bad guys. That formula was kind of broken here. And then Justine, I mean, you might think she's just a write off as that vet tech just needed to patch up his injuries and drive him in. But this is one of the times I think the dialogue shown the dialogue really was a shining moment here. The way he's talking and convincing Justine to do this and she's nervous the whole time, but she realizes she has to step up or innocent young girls will die. And he convinces her of that and he convinces her to sew him up, even though he really literally passes out from all the pain as she's trying to operate on him while, in the car. while driving while, while driving. driving right and and it's just so funny when he's recounting all of his injuries he just does a laundry list which <laughs> it was i think it was it was mark rainey literally doubling down again saying i know how ridiculous this story has been and he's telling this vet tech in a car <laughs> just it's it's so funny and it just hammers home the point of if you take this book too seriously, you will lose because yeah. you will not be you'll be worrying about it or thinking it's trash the whole time. Mark Rainey is literally here saying, be like Justine, just go for the ride, help out, play along and you'll have a great time. No, I yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm more like what you were what you were saying there. So when he's listing all the injuries, man, it was just so funny because it just shows the utter. It was it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy Boy is on the way. Fitzroy does tell the girls, Jimmy Boy is on the way right before he opens that door. And and it's him. Remember from the Limerick, the gray man yeah. lives. Gray man lives. He he lives. He saves the day. And, and so now, now I can ask you that question again. What did you think of him letting off this you know billionaire who literally had a bounty on his head 10 minutes ago? Yeah. Wanted him dead. And decides to go work for him i don't know for me it'll be interesting maybe i'll reserve full judgment until i see how it goes because to me i what i was learning about court for this entire thing at least what i think he 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 wouldn't allow mark laurent to stay alive and even though he maybe he's gonna go work for him he's gonna find a way to get justice Or, or maybe i'm reading it wrong but at least that's that's how i felt i was similarly ambivalent so i agree it's obviously you know you have it there to set up the next book correct like you know i don't want to say anything fully until i read the next book and part of me was like this is fucking awesome that i now know where the gray man's going next he's going to madrid he's gonna kill abu Bakr. 
ultimately, Abu Bakr is the one who took out the hit on the Gray Man. Lauren True. Group was really True. just executing the wishes of the Nigerian prince, king, whoever he was. The Lauren Group was really just the vehicle to do the dirty work and make the money off of it, you know, to secure their contract. So I was kind of like, that's some bait he's dangling in front of him. Like, come work for us. You'll get to kill Abu Bakr. You, you go off to Madrid. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Next book. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, I also just kind of want him to choke out Laurent right there and have a really gruesome fight. Right. That's what I want. Because this guy's a bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what would yeah. Mitch Rapp have done? No. What, I, what would Mitch Rapp have done? He would have kneecapped Would have shot him. Laurent, like, immediately? Yeah. Yeah. He would have kneecapped him, said something about his family, said that he's out to get his family, and his last wishes are, I want you to think about that, and then pop him in the head. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with you, and I think I, I also like the fact that, all right, we're setting up the next book. This is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm buying in. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, you know, sort of a sort of cliffhanger ending. But at, at the same time, I was thinking, I was like, I think this is out of character for the gray man a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but is maybe it not work? because he obviously he, he left the CIA to then just work for Fitzroy's as you know, that's where he built this gray man reputation. So, you know, he's like, where else am I going to go? Well, you know, someone's yeah. going to be looking out for me and someone is going to eventually be try to kill me again so i need i need work probably one Maybe. of the few people for the time being who's going to give him work and not try to kill him right away right i yeah and then another part of me was like i want mark laurent to be this figure this kind of in the shadows background figure and then you don't actually meet him or gray doesn't interact with him until book four or five you know like i was also, in the back of my mind, hoping that was a long-term play, you know, like sure. who, who's the big boss, and so for him to just come face to face with Court here in a very undramatic way was a bit, a bit of a letdown. But again, I don't. Is he going to be like his handler for the next however many books? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, we could just sound like idiots, you know, to someone who read the series. They could be. We like, could. He could be the most important. You guys person. don't even know. Yeah, I I don't know. So I, I'm mm, not going to say anything yet. I, I want to see. I want to see what book two is all about. All right. So one person we like sort of have skirted around is Lloyd. I guess you could talk about Lloyd, and we can right. talk about Regal at the same time. The character, these two characters. Yeah. So in the end, like you know, Lloyd dies by the hand of Regal. Right, he, you know, essentially the gray man's going to die if it wasn't for Regal taking that shot from from the window. Yep. What did you think of Lloyd, straight up douchebag? Um, and what did you think of uh, Regal? I think they were both really, really well planned out characters. The yin and the yang, and Lloyd this whole time is just a lawyer. So I'm not going to say much more about the movie, but keep that in mind. Lloyd is just a lawyer. Trying to save right. his own He's hide. supposed to be, yeah. Someone and, who wants to play as an operative, but is not an operative, right? Sure, he wants to pull the strings. He wants to use those people in that world, but really to his ends. But Regal, on the other hand, is the muscle. He's the operations guy. And I actually like this tension throughout the book, where Regal immediately says, You fool. You, you took Don Fitzroy? You you literally are holding Don Fitzroy's family. Let them go immediately. Apologize now. Like, he knows how the game is played. 
And Regal is smart enough to say, these are people you don't want to cross. And if we truly are going to handle this like gentlemen, it's not a, I kidnap you, I threaten you, I blackmail you. Like Regal knows how the operation game is played. He wants almost a, a, a level playing field to, you know, to man up. So I like that tension between the two right. where Lloyd really is just a fool. And it all does come to a head when they're in the room together. Lloyd pulls the gun on Regal. Court essentially saves Regal. And then outside, when Lloyd is about to win, Regal gets the shot. So I, I really thought the tension between the two and the development of the two as very different arms of the same body, the Laurent group, I thought that was played really well. And the two of them are probably the reason I'm going to have a really good bad guys or villain score on the scorecard. Yeah, just when you were like discussing it and, and talking about it, I actually I, I bumped the bad guys up a point because I, I think the villains in this novel are, are, are pretty interesting. And, you know, we, yes. we haven't really seen this like sort of he sort of I, I guess, you know, him and Court work together, although Court can't remember him. So it's almost like he was a a CIA operative dropout, you know, he's a CIA wannabe who, who also had a law degree. So that's, that's what he sort of fell back on. And yeah. he's not even good at that because he obviously messed up this contract. Yeah. So I like this, just, you know, this dumbass prick character. Yep. And then juxtapose that against this regal guy who is like, obviously, you know, a top operative, someone who you know, is, is a hunter, right? He has all these, yes, yes. you know, animals, uh, taxidermy on his wall. And really, you know, while he is a killer, he, he has, you know, some amount of decency, just like a gentry would, right? And treats Fitzroy nice, uh, you know, doesn't, thinks it was a dumb move to kidnap his family, right? So I, I thought they, them together, like them individually were, were very interesting and compelling. And then when you put them together next to each other, it, it made them even better. So, yep. Agreed. Five out of five on the bad guys. But, you know, since we're on it. Yeah. What do you think about the good guys then? Obviously, we got Court, you know, awesome. But Fitzroy and some of the other people. Well, is there anybody else who's good? Let's be real. But Justine, this vet tech character, who else would be the, the good guys here? I guess you got to throw in Claire. Uh, like the Claire. good characters. You have, you have Claire. You have uh, Maurice. Um, the Scotsman in the end. That's a... The Scotsman in the end. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess really what you're arguing is like, is court, like how much you like court and then how much you like Gentry or, um, Sir Donald. How much you like Fitzroy. Yeah. And I, I really like both those characters, you know? So I, yeah. I, I, I gave a good guys a four, a solid four. Like I, I felt like maybe that'll change in the future, probably be higher once I get to know court a little bit more, but I thought it was a solid, you know, showing, for you know the introductory introductory book of a character yeah i'm with you i gave it a four out of five i think if i'm being honest i think i like sir donald a little bit more than court if, if that's crazy to say but i'm a sucker for these old-timey not quite mentor but mentor type characters who have this wisdom and this air about them and so I really liked him, and maybe it's also I really liked the voice actor. Um, what'd you say, Jay Snyder? I really loved his right. voice for Fitzroy. So I went for a four out of five as well. And Claire, we haven't talked about her at all. Claire's an awesome character who, thankfully, in the movie, is played up, played up quite a bit, and done really well. Right. So 
Yeah. Right. Four out of five. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's just go ahead and fill out the rest of our scorecard then, Mike. What do you give for action? Action is 10 out of 10. And I think it's Mark Rainey's bread and butter. I, I think writing the action scenes is by far and away the number one thing from this book. And I'm going to presume the rest of his books. He is just killer at writing an action scene. Yeah, action has got to be 10 out of 10. It's, yep. it's what makes this book amazing. It's what makes you want to like keep reading because until the next like outrageous scene, it's almost like you know he he had this idea of all right, I want to put him on a plane, he's going to jump out. I want to put him in a train station, and he's going to live like this you know crazy gunfight. I'm going to put him in Paris, and he's going to get stabbed, and he's going to you know jump into the river, and then all right, let's flesh out the rest of the story sort of behind it, you know, all that in one book. Yeah, and then, right, let's let's put him in this chateau, heavily fortified, and it, it's going to be one man. <laughs> Against yeah. a million uh, gunmen coming after him, let's put him in uh, a well. To survive, right? In a well, he has oh to yeah, cast I didn't even think, of... bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's put him in a, a a trapdoor well, and he has to get out of that. So, yeah. Now I say that, and then I I gotta go to plot, which yeah. like you know action is involved with plot, but we sort of separated the two. I have to think like kind of what I said, where like you know let's have the action, and then we'll fill out the plot later. I think that's where. All of my negativity, I won't hash it out again here, is going to this score. So I give it a six. Is that a little harsh? Maybe. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just like the idea of the overarching Nigerian and why this whole event is even taking place was a little bit weak to me. You know, some of the other, you know, like why does he have to go to all these places? You know, why doesn't he just, once he has weapons, why, is it, why doesn't he just go go to to the chateau? Right. Um, right. So I, I, I dinged it there. I think that's the proper ding is the action sequences were so good, but how and why they were strung together. I just don't know if the glue was there. So, you know, why, why is he going to Paris? Why is he going to this city? Why is he spending so much time in this city? If you really had to see these contacts and build a team, there would have been some side characters with him, you know, or if he really had to get weapons, he wouldn't have just, you know, kind of happened upon them in the very end. So, yeah, I I did go up to 7 out of 10. While I agree with everything you said, I do think it's kind of cool imagining if there was a hit this big and you wanted to hire every single country's best teams. I mean, it's kind of a cool thing. It's like, What's what's one of those TV shows? There's like a race, race against. What's a TV show where they're all like racing to get somewhere? Amazing race. The amazing race, right? It's like the the amazing amazing assassins. You know, kind of cool idea. Right. Hit so big and so prestigious that all these different countries and their intelligence services want to be in the know. Yeah, I thought that could well, be. Maybe cool. I should go higher on plot, and then I should take that point. And put it into buy in, uh, in lower buy in. Then maybe that's what I'm saying is that the buy in of this book and the believability of this book is, you know, and also like what the setting of, of what's like getting me to potentially buy in and that this could possibly happen is even more, you know, is, is the plot itself even more perplexing than the action that takes, ha- like, that takes place? Like, you know, like this idea that this company would would go to this extent just to kill one guy to save a contract. You know, to get an I, oil contract, <laughs> yeah. 
essentially. Especially when they know that the gray, you know, they built up this reputation from the very beginning that the gray man is untouchable, right? So, yep. Yeah. So I, I gave by. I guess I'm, I'm going to add a point back to plot. So a seven for plot, and then I'm, I'm going to go one for buy, and then I lowered it from a two to a one. Yeah, a little low, but I went for a one out of five as well. And you know what salvaged that point is? I'm bought into the story in an entertainment capacity, so I felt like that sure. part of buy-in was made up for in the action getting a ten out of ten. Right? It's like. I'm bought yeah. into the action being so compelling was already captured in our other scores, 10 out of 10 and 7 out of 10 for the plot. So because of that, I was willing to go down low. Ooh, Mark Graney, people, sorry about this, but 1 out of 5, we've hashed it out. We talked about it. And in the end, it's actually probably okay that that's what's happening because it defines and sets this book apart. Like I said at the top, right? last episode in part one. It's entertainment. This book is pure entertainment. It's not realistic fiction. Or it's not a Kyle Mills predicting what the next decade is going to look like. It's not Brad Thor trying to say, here's the important geopolitical chess pieces and maneuvers of world governments that, that could happen. No, it's pure. Like we've talked about thrillers being beach reads. This is it. This is like yeah, the typical – Take it to the beach, check out, don't think too hard about real world consequences. So one out of five on buy-in, but to be honest, that's not all that bad a thing. Well, it's like we have to take points like somewhere, and so that's that's where it's gonna take a hit, right? Yeah. Because we had these issues, right? Yeah. We did bad guys, we did good guys. So what about the setting? Setting, I think we talked about it. The the globe trotting was pretty cool. And again, glad they captured yeah, that in the movie. That was definitely cool. So I went four out of five. I think each setting while I was there was really vibrantly described. And it was more the setting as it relates to the action. Brad Thor is more the setting because he wants to tell you about his favorite wines. And he wants to tell you about these great dishes he ate when he was, you know, in Greece at this small town. But here, the setting is being described so well for the action. All of the settings that are described are done for the purpose of bringing you into the action, and that was done really successfully, so four out of five. Yeah, no, uh, I concur on everything, and I also gave it a four. I think that I love that we hop around all over the place. I, I love that, you know, in some of the places we get a little bit more immersive than others, and uh, it, they all serve a point. Like, yeah, maybe they maybe they don't all serve a point directly to the plot, but they... the the notion that we would need to go from place to place, you know, drives the plot forward. And I enjoyed that. Yep. 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 Unfortunately, we also got to talk about the covers and I think the gray man has more covers. It has a lot of covers and oh, a lot of international you went all the way to, Oh, Mike. Yeah. Yes. We went halfway through the album. Is, is this because of the movie? I, I think a lot of these were published before the movie. So mm. I don't know. Yeah, we we got freaking Polish, I want to say Japanese, Russian, uh, Italian, German. There were a whole lot of international covers here. All right, let's start with the OG, though. What do you think about cover A? It's, it's the original. I mean, it's, you know, your typical running man. Uh, a lot of these are your, tip, you know, your, your standard running man cover. A lot of running man. I guess it gets the point. It, some sort of Eastern European 
maybe that's you know an alleyway in Paris could be. Um, you know, it's it's a decent cover. Yeah, I think my favorite cover actually is the the movie cover with with which has Ryan Gosling as the Gray Man. I don't know, like I love like the blending out uh, from that. Either that or just the cover C, which you know <laughs> don't always love no. cover C on this pod. You like but, cover uh, C? I, I, I don't mind cover C for some what? reason. I like the blue and. Y- Although we're never in London, right? Dude, <laughs> he is it's in London so at the very boring. At the very beginning, it's so boring. I don't know. If, I like the blocking of that one. I like I like the letters. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I put cover C there on purpose because I was ready to rip on it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. What is? Hold on. Down in cover M, that's the Tower Bridge. That's the, oh my god. Yeah. I, I I hate when when they do that. We and are we, yeah. Were we ever at the Eiffel Tower? I guess they mentioned the Eiffel Tower, but we're nowhere no. near it. Like the Notre Dame's nowhere near the Eiffel Tower. Dude, I went down to a two out of five. I went low on these covers, not because some of them are good compositionally speaking. I actually think A is my favorite. Not a big fan of the Running Man, but the colors is dark. No, a, a is probably the best. Yeah. But I do, I'm a sucker for Ryan Gosling. So The Ryan Gosling, the movie one's pretty cool how he's grayed out and blurring. But dude, we call this segment Judge a Cover by the Book. As soon as I saw Tower Bridge on, what what language is that? I don't even know. I think that's the Russian one. And then Notre Dame in the Japanese one, the Eiffel Tower. Well, you, so he's right next to Notre Dame when he hops in the Seine. So that that one actually makes sense. Sure. He does say he goes on to the, the Ile de France. So yeah. it's in the area. Okay. But we have London in another one. And then look at Jay, the Italian one. He's on a dock with a fucking seagull or some shit. And there's a boat floating out there. What is like... When does that happen? Is that the barge that he is that but that's that's definitely not Paris though. Yeah. What barge? Oh, no, because he's standing barge, straight up. That was when he was slashed, exactly. he was hobbling. He jumps he right. he just falls off the bridge. This dude is standing there on the dock like ready to go, fist balled. Like what? Like none of none of these things happen. None of these Okay, G is the only one that actually looks like something from the book might actually be going on here. Some alleyway in it, a European city. It's like A, but instead of running, he's walking because he's the gray man. Because he's the gray man. All right, hold on. There's an elephant in the room. What do you think about that creepy face on cover B, man? That is rubbing me the wrong way in a lot of different capacities. I don't know how I feel about that. If you look at it from afar, like at effort, you had him like kind of small, and I had to like zoom in to really look at him. It's Phantom from of the afar, Opera. It almost looks like a Phantom of the Opera, but then like, when you zoom in, you can actually see the, his pupil. Yeah, I thought that was a mask. I was like, "What is it? we going to like a, a mask party over here or something?" Well, and they have below it, they have like a helicopter over the and, ocean. Like, no, that's oh, those mountains. That's a mountain. Like those are mountains. Yeah, but it's going down. At no point is he. All right, that was an airplane. He's over like the mountains in in Iraq, but. There's no like helicopter downing. I guess there is a helicopter. No, but not not near a no, snowy mountain. No, no, so no. yeah. I, again, this is yeah. this is what happens when you have people who don't who get like a short blurb and they're like, all right, make make a cover based on this. You know, uh, that's why I really appreciated what Brad said. He's like, yeah, I wanted to do something different this time. I actually sat down and we talked it out. Yeah, like, and then you produce a banging ass cover, right? And full black. He said they wanted to do that with full black too, and that's my favorite all time right. cover. 
Yeah. Yeah. These, no, these are, are all just generic covers. These are generic, generic covers. covers. If I literally Google, you know, buy a book cover or how do I get a book cover published? Honestly, any one of these w- could come up if I just write action, thriller, suspense. <sighs> I we have like a video game through. Is it like through a prison? Someone's running through. Like that looks like a cell. Like a, like oh an eye. Yeah, it lo- it literally looks like that, that guy's bald. Yeah. This must be like the movie. Well, what is that? The video game, The Assassins. Like a screenshot from that. L. I don't know what language that is, but that looks. That <laughs> it just looks like. A movie poster for like a really crappy low budget action film movie poster like l can't you see that as a movie poster for some just like budget oh yeah film? and same with same with k it looks it looks like uh what is that golden eye it's a rip it off of golden eye it does what's with the dude's hair too in k he's got the spike top like what and they all have that lee child quote on it in different languages unter killer uh yeah i, I I gave it covers a two. Yeah, that might be a little generous, but yeah, I gave the covers a two. All right, you gotta tell me though. First, second, and third. I it might be a little hard here, but give me All a top right, first three. is gonna be a, is gonna be a. Yeah. Second is going to be F the movie cover. Third, probably H. You know, he's walking into Paris. Mm. Um. Running into Paris. Was this a marathon? What was he doing? Just running down a street? <laughs> what was it, a 26 miler? He's pretty far away from the Eiffel Tower, too. Uh, All right, what are your what are your what are your top ones? Let me put it this way. I'm glad you didn't say cover C. I'm glad you walked <laughs> back on that one. Took a breath. Uh, yeah, I'm sort of I'm sort of just walking away from that that comment. The helicopter the I don't know, Big Ben. Like, what are we doing here? All right. I feel like there are a few times my New York accent comes out, and it's when I'm drunk, I'm angry, or when we're talking <laughs> about covers. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> and you've seen the first two on the golf course plenty of times, but the third one, oh yeah, I all the time, the podcast. all the time. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Anytime I'm really amped up or passionate about something, you know. all right this is gonna come as a shock to you even though the hair and the flip i'm going with k as third place what (laughs) all right okay the the golden eye ripoff is your third place okay okay yes because because the gray man is just so over the top ridiculous i could see it being like a james bond or mission impossible type series in the long run so and it's a nice simple cover and look at the text. The text in red against the black silhouette. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like how that's done. All right, second place. Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with you, the movie cover. I think it was well done. Okay. Yeah, well done. I think all of Netflix's marketing, actually, around the film has been pretty good. And the OG. I'm going with A. Yeah, it's not great, but it does the job. It holds it down. and pretty cool i like the uh the black and the blue color combination all right all right so chris what does that mean for your final score now that we've judged a cover by the book oh you got to tell me your winner your free space what gets a five out of five all right so my five out of five my winner of the book has got to be the airplane scene 
like just that that one scene is so ridiculous um it it kickstarts the book we begin to learn who gentry gentry is i loved it i'm I'm so happy they made it into the movie and made it in the movie like accurately uh so yeah that's my winner what's yours mark i want to say the action just but that's already been taken so i think i'm gonna say sir donald I, I like the gravitas of this character. I love how he uses Claire because he knows her so well and how she sneaks around the house. It's kind of getting transfer of power of vibes, actually. Now that I think about Claire sneaking through the house, looking for these passageways, right. stealing the phone right. out of the guy's coat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed the Fitzroy family. Whether they were at the chateau or what beforehand, just who they were and how Court was willing to do anything for them. So I thought the relationships between the Fitzroys and Court was uh, was really cool. Okay. What's your final score, Mike? That's a, a 38 out of 50. Look at that. We actually ended up. Oh, we tied. With the exact same scores. Yeah. Solid 38. All right. Well, that's, that's the book. That's that's a good score. You know, not Not the top, but. Definitely not the bottom. Right, right, right. Good, good, a good first novel. I think we should, I think we, maybe we should revisit one of uh, the, the next book. What, what is it called? Although first, to tell the folks what we're doing, we're going to cover the movie, as I said, next week with our friends, the Com Majors Movie Review Podcast. And we are hoping to get back to the James Reese series. We are going to cover True Believer and Savage Son as well, probably around August. And we're going to keep the James Reese series going as well. Okay. Yeah. No, the next one's called On Target. So On Target. Yep. Yep. Maybe he's got he's got to get Abu Bakr. Maybe maybe that's the target. I hope they pick up. If if that's how they close this book, I'm really hoping. You know, that's what he jumps into in the next one. All right. Well, that's the book. Next time, like Mike said, we're, we're going to be breaking down the the movie. We always have to thank our patrons, including our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us at ThrillerPod.com or using Twitter and Instagram at ThrillerPodcast. And as always, Jimmy Boy is on his way. <laughs> <laughs>